I'm Joe. And this is Ubaldi Briefs. What's going on, Big Joe? Uh, so we had a lot this weekend, and you brought up a couple things earlier today, too. Uh, we had the Oscars. Correct. And then you were talking about how, I think we're going to focus on this, but we're also seeing a lack of leadership when it comes to our president in COVID-19. And something different, or something that he was supposed to be carrying on that our previous president did. But I think what's interesting me the most right now is that there was something going on with John Kerry with Iran. No, that's correct. There was a story that came out today that Fox News carried. I don't know if any of the other media outlets carried it, but he did, they did. They Noted. showed that the Iranian foreign minister, there was a, a discussion was released that showed that when John Kerry was secretary of state, he obviously met with the foreign minister Sharif many times, especially to discuss the uh, Iran nuclear deal. But during one of their discussions, John Kerry mentioned to him 200 Israeli military operations inside Syria. Now, the uh, Mohammed Sharif, the Iranian foreign minister, was he was stunned that he would reveal that type of information. Now, Jen Psaki and the State Department said these were already out in the news articles. We don't know what time frame it, it was at. They're still trying to authenticate, was that John Kerry? But let's just say it was. It's ironic. It's stunning that an American diplomat, senior American diplomat, would reveal military operations conducted by one of our staunchest allies to the state, the country that's the leading state sponsor of terror that's heavily supporting the Assad regime. Now, okay, now take this from an objective standpoint. We have it alleged, it's still alleged until they can verify it. But remember the media outrage that when they said that they had information that Russia was providing bounties to the Taliban to kill American Marines. Yeah. And everybody ran with it. Joe Biden mentioned it in a the first debate. And now the, the intelligence is saying we found no actionable intelligence. That was bogus. Even General, or is it, can't even think of his name right now, the general in charge of CENTCOM. McKenzie. McK- excuse me, perfect. General McKenzie said he's seen no actionable intelligence. That was back then. But this story is not a big story from all the other mainstream media outlets. So that concerns me that you have John Kerry just willfully giving out allies' military operations to the enemy of the United States. And everybody just kind of, oh, that's just John Kerry, or we're not sure it happened. And that was, the the news has already reported on that. You're still giving out information to the Iranian. That, to me, is very disturbing. And to me, it follows a pattern. First, you had Hillary Clinton put all her classified emails on an unsecured server. You had Dianne Feinstein, who was then the chairman of the, or ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. She had a driver for 20 years that was a Chinese agent. You had Eric Sawwell, who was the the House of Representatives member, who sits on the House Intelligence Committee, who oversees all of our intelligence agency, had had a relationship with a Chinese spy. So the question is, do Democrats care about national security or they only care when it goes against a Republican? I think it's whatever, honestly, it's whatever fits their narrative, because ever since there's 
this transition of power where it's not when it comes to taking over the presidency or something, there's like this transition of power between the left and the right or the Democrat and Republican, where it's almost like we're just another group like the Christians and the Muslims or the Hatfields and McCoys, where we're more rivals against each other than we are working with each other. The Democrats are just finding any way they can to maybe take the Republican Party down a couple notches. But here's the big point. The stuff all I mentioned, these are factual things that did happen. Now, we're still thinking it's alleged so far. They're trying to authenticate this story about John Kerry. We already know John Kerry did meet with the Iranian foreign minister while he was out of office during the Trump administrations to undermine Donald Trump is doing in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Now, look what they did to Michael Flynn when he met with his Russian counterpart. They excoriated him. And then they we spent almost four years on the Russian collusion narrative that Trump is a Russian asset. You had John Brenner and James Clapper pretty much come out and said Donald Trump is a Russian agent type thing. But yet John Kerry does this and it's ho-hum, nothing going on. Usually when Democrats took over after a republic, they still adhered to national security. There wasn't much different between the two parties. They had different views but they still protected American national security. Look what John, and John Kerry should know better because he spent time in the military just like we do. We're told to protect American national security, but also the security of our allies as part. Okay, but so since they have a Democratic uh, president or Democratic executive office, they have a Democratic Senate and they have a Democratic Congress, does that kind of give them like a blank check of, for mayhem to do whatever they want? Usually, okay. Even when like when Bill Clinton took over from George Bush, he had a Republican, a Democratic Senate, a Democratic House, and he controlled the executive branch, including all the intelligence agencies. So they're going to do things their way. That was fine. But they never did this. You didn't have Warren Christopher, who was the first secretary of state under Bill Clinton, when you didn't have a Madeleine Albright, who was the second secretary of state. They didn't go to our enemies and say, hey, by the way, our allies are doing this. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. John Kerry. It's just, what are you doing? And John Kerry was in the military. He was chairman at one time of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and he was ranking member. I want to bring something up, okay? Come, say, 2022, are things going to change if, say, the Republicans take back the House, take back the Senate? What it would change is obviously the Democrats couldn't push any of their bills through because the Democratic, the Republican majority and the in the Senate and in the House would refuse to bring it to the House floor for vote. But would there be more investigation? Now, there would be ramped up more investigations, more hearings to know what's going on. Okay. Now, let's also take another thing in account because he just came out, I think, today about how a lot of states are going to be losing a Congress, and some of the states are going to be gaining a Congress seat, Florida, Texas, including being amongst amongst them. So can we see a transition in the Congress just by that? Okay, but here's how it works. When the president comes in, whether it's Republican or Democrat, traditionally, they lose seats in the midterm election. It's just the way it goes. 
they always lose seats. So now, because of redistricting and reapportionment because of the Senate, a lot of these states are controlled by Republicans. Just, okay, California will determine what congressional seat is lost. And that more or less would be a Republican seat. And so they can pick it. They can redo their boundaries the way they see fit because the Democrats control California. But like in Texas and Florida, the Republicans control in many other states, they control the majority. So they're going to control the reapportionment of those congressional seats. So now you've, okay, you take that. And the Senate, the House is only divided by the nine to 11 votes. So just by reapportionment, they could, the Democrats would already lose seats that way before the first vote took place. Yeah. Then you factor in traditionally the party in power loses seats. So you got to factor t- tradition. And then we got to factor in, let's, okay, everybody's expecting the economy is going to boom this year. That's before Joe Biden's tax policies take hold. Yeah. So let's say they get the infrastructure bill and all the tax increases and all the big government spending they want to do. Next year, those policies of Biden will take effect. Okay. And then people will have to see if they accept it or not. Yeah. So definitely a lot to consider, especially for our listeners. And I think it'd be great to hear what they have to say and how can they do that? They can do that by going to Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. Or they can go to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and type in Ubaldi reports. If you go to Facebook, there's Ubaldi reports group. You can check us out there. And also we're starting to tweak our live streaming of these podcasts. We just, we did one and we got some bugs we got to work out because we want to make it the best one we could possibly do. And then Joe, why don't you tell them what we're also going to be planning in the next week or so? John's really itching to express himself from all what's going on and how there's a lot that he needs to get off his chest. So with that, we're going to go ahead and we have a Patreon where for as little as a dollar, you can contribute to the show, which helps us out with other things behind the scenes, but also gets you an extra uncensored show where you let John and I tell you how our opinions really, how we really feel about what's going on in not only the current administration, but as well as the current climate of the country. And uh, you could do that. We should be coming out very soon. We're going to be start recording some episodes for everyone that wants to uh, contribute. And yeah, no, that'll come out and we'll put a link out there for everybody. So uh, everybody have a good day. Have a good day and keep listening to you all the news.